It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning, South Coast. It's Jack Spillane sitting in for Tim Weisberg. And I think for the first time just now, I successfully played the music bumper. It wasn't perfect, but I think it went out in the air. So progress, slow that it may be, is being made. Uh, Poor Tim is not with us this morning, so uh, uh, try to bear with me. Uh, Tim is under the weather a little bit. Uh, Those of you who read his uh, Facebook um, uh, post know that he uh, uh, had some minor surgery. Uh, for a kidney stone, and so he's recovering from that a little bit. I'm sure he'll be back soon, and in the meantime, here I am. So uh, those of you who don't know me, this is uh, Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I worked at the Standard Times for 21 years as a reporter, columnist, and news editor, and uh, last couple of years as the Standard Times, um, I left the Standard Times and, and went over to the New Bedford Light, Nonprofit, uh, free online newspaper. Uh, I know some of this audience uh, doesn't doesn't read online, but it's really easy. If you don't know, you can go to the the um, library and they'll set you up. Uh, that's the future of news, online papers. So I hope you'll um, give us a try. Uh, so we have open lines this morning. As I was driving over the Fairhaven Bridge, I could see the sun just peeking through dappled with uh, pink and yellow. There's nothing, nothing better in the morning than to see the sunrise come up. The, the air is cool this time of day. Uh, the, the world is quiet. It's, it's just one of my favorite things to walk or, or to drive early in the morning. So there are some things uh, uh, blessed about starting a show at 6 a.m., and that's one of them. So, what do you want to talk about this morning, South Coast? Uh, I, I, I think that the um, biggest story on South Coast is still the closure of the Star Store. Um, last Thursday, there was a rally of about 300 people um, on the streets outside the Purchase Street uh, in Union Corner where, where the Star Store is located. The Star Store, of course, is the UMass Dartmouth College of Visual and Performing Arts. And then over the weekend, uh, on Friday, uh, State Rep. Tony Cabral, who has been in the Azores, announced uh, over his Facebook page that the uh, governor, Governor Mara Healy, has agreed to meet with the South Coast delegation to talk to her about UMass Dartmouth's abrupt closure of this uh, store and this campus, this college campus that that teaches uh, kids who are specializing in things like painting, ceramics, weaving, Printmaking, uh, jewelry making, all the fine arts. Uh, 
that school has been credited with reviving downtown New Bedford in the last 20 years. And now it's, um, now it's being moved back to Dartmouth. And among the places they're moving it to is the um, Bed Bath & Beyond uh, storefront in, in um, the, the, the strip mall. Uh, I always forget the name of that, that strip mall up in Dartmouth. I think it's um, Town, Town Square. No, no, not Town Square. That's, that's this place, Town something or other. Um, so anyway, up next to the Circuit City on Route 6 in Dartmouth, that's where the, the poor fine arts kids will be. It's, it's, it's sort of a come down. I, I will be surprised if there aren't lawsuits from some of the students who are paying a lot of money to get a master in fine arts in the downtown campus to be moved up to that sort of a facility. Um, UMass Dartmouth is claiming that they had no choice because of the uh, insurance situation. I, I think they did have a choice. I, I, if you've read my column, you can you can read about how they could have negotiated with uh, uh, the, um, uh, I guess, the owner now, Paul Downey, uh, because the university declined to exercise its option to buy the school for a dollar. They declined to buy it for a dollar because uh, they said that it had too much maintenance that had never been done. State Senator Mark Montigny responded that um, that maintenance was never done despite good money that the state paid uh, between $2.3 million and $2.7 million a year for 20 years. Uh, uh, the university um, claims that that wasn't enough, that that covered the common maintenance but not the big ticket maintenance like uh, replacing a roof or, or replacing the HVAC system. Anyway, it's all been going on for a couple of weeks now. This is the first week of school. This week, and, and those kids will not be in downtown New Bedford. Uh, but thanks to the efforts of Representative Cabral and Senator Martigny, who I've said in my column, I think screwed up this whole uh, matter, uh, at least the delegation will be meeting with the governor, who's been silent these last two weeks of August. Governor Healy, um, I think it's been a disappointing first year for Governor Healy. The, the, this whole summer seems to be about her traveling and taking vacations, which is an, an interesting way to hit the, the ground running um, in your first year in office. But that, that's what Governor Healy has done. Um, so, so they've succeeded in finally getting a meeting with her. I think that meeting should have had uh, developer Downey and the university, Chancellor Mark Fuller, uh, UMass President Martin Meehan, those folks should be in at that meeting also because uh, I think as former Mayor Scott Lang pointed out in my column, you have to have everybody in the same room to work this out. Where there's a will, there's a way. There may not be a will because there's a lot of evidence that UMass Dartmouth just doesn't think that kids want to major in the fine arts anymore. Uh, there's a lot of talk about you can't get a job majoring in the fine arts. I'm not sure what you can get a job in majoring in. College education enrollment is down across the board because kids have found out that it's not a guarantee, especially for that first job, until you prove yourself. Fine arts is, a, is, is one of the ways that kids are taught to do critical thinking. I would submit that it's similar to um, uh, entering public service or, or the armed forces. Uh, it's, it's an experience that that teaches you what the world is about and there's a lot of value to it. And as we know, downtowns across America that have uh, fine arts, colleges, museums, galleries, they tend to attract people. They tend to attract diners and they tend to attract shops. And that's all that has happened 
in the in the downtown New Bedford these last 20 years. And now it's all gone, all gone in two weeks. So I think it's been unfortunate that that's the way it happened, but that's the way it happened. And uh, we'll all have to live with it. What else has been going on these, these last few weeks? Uh, uh, you may have read in the New Bedford Light, if you, if you read us, that Blue Harvest, the um, big international company that bought up a lot of Carlos Rafael's permits, fishing permits, is now shutting down. Uh, so they were going to make big money. They were going to dominate the um, waterfront, as they said. And instead of dominating it, now a few years later, Blue Harvest decides they want to get out of the business completely. And they're going to sell those valuable permits that, that Carlos Rafael used to have. Where are they going to go? Are they, uh, are they going to be sold to local people? I hope so. But we don't know. I mean, there are other fishing ports up and down the south coast. There's a lot of fishing that goes on out of New Jersey nowadays, uh, some of it out of Virginia. Uh, uh, where are those fishing permits going to go? We'll have to see. Um, another interesting story in the New Bedford light. And I guess I'll plug the light. Um, in these early morning hours this week. Jeepers, I'm, I'm just looking out the window here at WBSM in Fairhaven, and there's this just lovely pink sky uh, as, the, as the sun peeks through the clouds. It, it looked like it was going to be overcast when I first got, out, got up. Um, if you are in a high point and you can get out this morning and, and look at that sky right now, it's, it's just a very pretty sky. Uh, we are fortunate to live here in New England by the coast. Speaking of the coast, another another story that is uh, uh, um, recently published at the New Bedford Light is about the rising sea levels along the coast and how people who live in Westport in parts of Rhode Island are finding that their their, their wells are full of salt water instead of fresh water. Boy, that would be uh, annoying and and uh, nerve-wracking because those those places don't have sewers in them. So uh, if you don't believe in climate change, that's a local example of it right here. Rising sea levels have brought salt water to the public wells in Westport and parts of nearby Rhode Island. That's a story by Adam Goldstein in the New Bedford Light uh, this week. So uh, if you're up early and um, you're ready for the school season to start, getting your kids ready for school getting yourself ready for school, give us a call at 508-996-0500, 508-996-0500. We're here. We're uh, uh, talking about the issues today. Uh, 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 it, was, it was funny. Um, um, Tim you know, has been traveling all summer to his, to his paranormal conventions, and uh, he's a big guy for entertainment and stuff like that. So I was, and he's, and he's lost all this weight. And I was just shocked when, I, when, when he said that he was having trouble with a kidney stone over the weekend. But all's well. If you followed his fa- Facebook page, he has um, had the surgery to pass that. They gave him ice cream, and he's on the mend. He'll be back here uh, shortly, and uh, he'll be able to join him, uh, enjoy him again. In the meantime, I'm here. Uh, Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, as you know, the longtime columnist and reporter for the Standard Times. We've been talking about the Star Store. I think you may see some big developments in the um, Star Store case this week. Uh, If you read my New Bedford Light column, late last week I talked about how very quietly 
developer Downey, uh, a guy who grew up in the West End in New Bedford but now lives in Mattapoisett, sold the Star Store building to himself for a dollar. So instead of the university taking it for a dollar because they thought it was too expensive to maintain, this developer has now taken it for a dollar. And that dovetails with his hiring lobbyists to lobby, I don't know who, on Beacon Hill to lobby for, as I understand it, uh, to uh, f- for UMass to be funded, which Senator Martigny didn't do. So he's out there lobbying, although all the delegation members, with the exception of Representative Chris McCarthy, have not Chris McCarthy, Freudian slip there, sorry about that, Chris, Chris Markey, all the um, delegation members except for Chris Markey have said they, they didn't get lobbied by developer Downey. But who did get developed by Downey? We don't know. I'm wondering if it's the state bureaucracy that got uh, lobbied by developer Downey. Uh, uh, the Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance, DCAM as it's known, and the UMass Building Authority. Both of those were given roles in transferring the property f- for a dollar to UMass. And I don't know. I've, I've, I've inquired of both of them. I haven't heard back from either of them. Did you get lobbied by by Paul Downey uh, to fund that star store to the tune of $2.7 million a year. The $2.7 million has been in question. Uh, some folks have said that it's more than enough to be paying to, to, to this developer for a building that probably didn't have that many other uses, at least when it was first started. Others have, have said that, no, it wasn't enough to do um, expensive maintenance like repairing the roof and putting in a new HVAC system. I don't know. I, I, I've been in the building a lot these last two weeks. It looks like it's in pretty good shape to me, certainly in better shape than many of the older buildings in downtown New Bedford that haven't been renovated. Uh, uh, but the Star Store uh, is no more. If you walk by this morning in downtown, as you go over and get your coffee at the Green Bean or maybe down the street at Cafe Apeggio, uh, maybe down the hill at Tia Maria's, maybe uh, uh, up on Pleasant Street at the Baker, all those places to get coffee, all those shishi bakeries and, and places to get morning breakfast have all come about after the Star Store opened in downtown New Bedford. So you can still get your coffee, you can still get your uh, brioche, but uh, you won't be able to um, bring it over to the Star Store. We have a call on the line, so we'll go to them, even though I have to come up on a break. Actually, Carla, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this break and then hold on and we'll get you first when we come back. That's something a little bit different, uh, uh, but I successfully did it anyway. Uh, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. That was Andy Williams singing Moon River. I'm showing my age by playing something like that. I'm sure you, most of you are used to rock and roll or uh, post-rock and roll music bumpers. Uh, 
But that mo- that uh, song is from the, the the great classic movie Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, written by Truman Capote. Uh, uh, one of the, my my favorite all time movies. Uh, check it out if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, give me a call. So that was Andy Rivers singing Moon River. Uh, we have a call on the line, so we'll go to them right now. Your first on the year with Jack Spillane. You would be first on the year if I if I put up your the, your, your microphone. You would be first on the year if I put up your microphone on time. Is this, hello, caller. I I screwed up uh, without having your phone levels up right right from the beginning. So why don't you start from the beginning and and we'll try it again. <laughs> okay, Jack. That's going to be a challenge because I can't remember what I said five minutes ago. No. Uh, I was going to say that that's one of my favorite songs when I was growing up. And Andy Williams singing uh, "Moon River." Isn't loved that it. just the best? And I love the Andy Williams show, that the variety show. I miss variety shows, but the purpose of my call, um, with your um, journalistic background, how do you evaluate um, your news sources? Like when I watch the news, there are definite biases that you know, like you watch regular. Uh, news programs like ABC, NBC, CBS, I think they, my opinion is they slant a little left. Fox News, of course, slants right. BBC, I think, is fairly down the middle. But how do you evaluate those sources? Well, the caller brings up a, a good point because all sources, you know, they teach you in journalism school to try to be as objective as you can. But just by what stories you choose to, to publish and what stories you choose not to promote on the radio or TV or social media, wherever it is, you've, you've, you've made an editorial decision. Um, I think the best thing myself is to for, for reporters and journalists to be upfront about their biases. That has not been the American tradition. Um, it's been my tradition uh, as I've worked for a co- as a columnist for most of my career, uh, much of my career. Um, I did do a lot of reporting also, but I think that um, some news outlets slant left, some slant right. Um, there's a lot of talk that um, the mainstream media, so-called, is dominated by the left, but more and more, the right has bought up, certainly talk radio, um, on the internet, there's all kinds of right-wing outlets, um, cable television, you know, there's a mixed landscape out there now and there's plenty for everybody. I think the problem is that people tend only to listen to the media that reinforces their own points of view, their own biases. And mm-hmm. so that, that prevents all of us from hearing the counter arguments that sometimes we might agree with. And, you know, so we don't check. And, and also I think um, it has devolved into a... Um, even though we may agree agree more than we realize, we feel like my clan is, I don't know, the white middle class clan, or my clan is the inner city people of color clan. And so we can't go to find the good points of the other side because we feel like the other clan is, you know, and I, I'm, I'm talking about C-L-A-N, not K-L-A-N, uh, right. uh, is... Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, is, is um, not our side. So I think that, you know, you really have to listen to what everybody has to say, keep an open mind. And I do think one of the reasons, even though I'm obviously a progressive left guy, that I've 
always been committed to listening to talk radio, which tends to be right wing, is because I think both sides should be talking to each other, even when we're mad at each other, even when we disagree with each other. Because when you're not talking to each other, that's when it's easier to demonize the other side as evil. And I agree. And I agree. And I think what what's so um, difficult for me is just you know a common ordinary person is to try to figure out who's telling you the truth because it's very difficult. Like, you know, before um, I started listening to uh, the other side, like the right-wing side... Carla, can you hold on? Because I'm right up against the news and I, I really should go to that for, for Adam Bass and, and then I'll keep you on hold and we'll continue this afterwards. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right, thank you, Jack. And here are some of the national stories we're following. Congress is set to return on... Uh, today to Washington, D.C. for its, after its summer recess. There are a number of issues on the agenda, including a potential government shutdown looming in the coming weeks. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell could address his health situation this week after another freezing moment. Last week, the 81-year-old suddenly stopped speaking at a press event in Kentucky, where he had an aide to step in. First Lady Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID-19. Her office confirmed the news on Monday, saying the 72-year-old is experiencing mild symptoms. She's expected to remain at her home in Delaware. The White House says President Biden tested negative for the virus this morning. Speaking of President Biden, uh, he thinks that he doesn't think there's going to be an auto workers strike at any of the big three Detroit automakers. Mark Mayfield has more. He made the comment Monday during an event in Philadelphia. However, United Auto Workers President Sean Fain at a Labor Day parade in the Motor City said Biden must know something that they don't. Fain said the union stands ready to strike unless the automakers meet demands in ongoing contract negotiations. The union is looking for better terms with Ford, GM, and Stellantis. The current contract expires at 11.59 p.m. September the 14th. I'm Mark Mayfield. The impeachment trial of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton starts today. The Republican official has been impeached by the GOP-controlled statehouse after allegations of bribery and securities fraud. The trial will be carried out by the state Senate, seen as friendlier territory for Paxton. His attorneys have already said that he will not testify and have filed a motion seeking to prevent him from being forced to. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is touting his state's restoration efforts following Hurricane Idalia. Brian Shook reports. Speaking in Perry, he noted that less than 23,000 accounts remained without power as of Sunday evening. DeSantis added that 96% of all homes and businesses that lost power have been restored. All school districts affected by Edalia are expected to reopen by the end of the week. The storm made landfall in Florida's Big Bend region last week as a Category 3, packing maximum sustained winds near 125 miles per hour. I'm Brian Shook. And in sports, the Boston Red Sox bested the Tampa Bay Rays last night in Game 1 of their series. The score was 7-3. The Sox and Rays will play Game 2 today at 6.40 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Our warming trend continues this week. No relief until we head into the weekend. But for today, just expect it to be humid and hot. We'll be reaching a high near 88 degrees today. Overnight tonight, clear and humid with a low of 67 degrees. And for tomorrow, partly sunny and humid, high near 86 degrees. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 66 degrees in New Bedford. 
I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Thanks, Adam, and thanks for not giving me the evil eye as I was a little bit late getting into that news uh, break. <laughs> Those always happen, Jack. Don't worry about it. Okay, so we were on the line with a caller. Uh, uh, caller, you're, you're back on the air? Hi, Jack. Um, every uh, time I say that, I think of Jack Peterson because he used to say, don't say hi, Jack, on a plane. <laughs> the great anyway. Jack Peterson. I knew him well. He was a, he was just a, a genial, very nice guy around town and uh, a pleasure oh, to work agree. with. I agree. He helped us. I was teaching school at the time, and he helped um and performed in one of our little uh, productions for the parents. He was playing a radio announcer. He was great. Um, but anyway, getting back to evaluating the sources yep. that you um, of your news, um, I guess the other question I have is um, along those lines, but the wind power and the wind turbines, like it, when I go online, um, I read more and more about the fishing, the fish and the whales being harmed by these um, wind turbines. And is there any uh, books that you might recommend for finding out, like, um, an objective opinion? Yeah, I, I, I'm not aware of a book, but I, I do think you're well, um, well advised to be a little bit skeptical of everything that is being reported on both wind and fisheries at this point in the tensions between them because a lot of the information, the source of it is either the wind industry or the fishing industry and they both have very def definite points of view and those points of view um, uh, uh, cause them to emphasize certain aspects of the story to the exclusion of others. And so mm -hmm. I, I think that... Um, all of us. I learned a long time ago when I was first in the business that you think that it's only, um, oh, Joe Average person that calls up with misinformation. No, a lot of times the misinformation comes with the from the people in authority. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that they have an agenda. And whether it's the fishing industry, which is obviously the number one industry in New Bedford and we have to save it, or the wind industry, which is obviously important an important industry uh, for climate change and for building jobs in the future and, and an industry in the future, they emphasize things to their exclusion. In the New Bedford Light last week, you saw a story that the number of jobs in the wind industry have been inflated. You've seen some reporting recently that fishing industry complaints about how much damage the wind industry might do to whales or, or, or other uh, parts of the environment. It seems to be a little exaggerated. The whales have been endangered for a long time. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt and, and try to take everything in, in my opinion, and make up your own mind. Right. And the, the whole climate change, I mean, I'm certainly, um, we can see that the climate is changing. Our seasons around here have been changing for a while. Yes. And, um, and the other thing is, is like, there's no deny. I, I believe there's no denying that it's changing, but what I wonder is can, um, can humans affect can we reverse it? Can we um, modify it? Or is it completely out of our hands? That's the part that I find very interesting. Like, it seems obvious that some things we can do will affect it. Yeah. But even the um, solar panels on homes, when you think to the future and you think, where are they going to dispose of that after it's like 25 to 30 year lifespan? Like, what do you do with the stuff then? And does that um, 
create another problem with disposal and pollution and whatever. Well, well here, here's what I say to that. Everything in life, you know, you solve one problem and it inevitably leads to another problem. That's the nature of reality. And so I, I think, yes, we don't know if what we will do will really stop climate change, but that's not an excuse to do nothing. Because how would we feel exactly, if we, I agree. how would we feel if we did nothing and said, well, we did nothing because we didn't know, and now it's happened. You, you, you right. want to do what the best science available says you should do, and the science may be refined as time goes on, but just to say I don't believe the science and I'm I'm not going to to do anything that could really hurt us. So right. you know, I, th I think it's like anything else in life. You take in all the information that you can get. You make the best decision that you can, but there are no guarantees. Listen, Carl, we have other callers in the line, so okay. I'm going to go to them. Thanks for calling early. No problem. Okay. Okay, you're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. Great show. I really appreciate uh, what you're doing for us, sir. Can't thank you enough. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to fill in for Tim, who is number one of talk show right. hosts, in my opinion. Okay, so so what I was wondering is, there's a lot to go uh, this morning, so I was wondering, do you want to start with the last caller, or do you want to start with the situation in the city? Let's go with what's, what's most on your mind. What, what, what's well, mo the last caller said a few interesting things, and I might want to suggest to her that ABC, CBS, these people have a lot of money on the table being slid to them, and they push a certain agenda. Uh, might I suggest to her that she just go by what she sees with her own two eyes? What's, what's the Try cliche? That. Believe believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. Uh, well, you know, you you just gotta wonder when Mayor Lang comes on and he says that wind industry and fishing industry don't mix. I agree with him a thousand percent. This wind, what's going on down at our waterfront? Uh, I'm just saying let's follow the money because this is a bad deal and we're going to pay for this down the road. We're in the process right now of killing our fishing industry. We have one of the biggest uh, blue harvests down on the waterfront closing up. Uh, downtown's hurting because Star Store. Uh, during the commercial break, you bring up, uh, it comes up Regal House Furniture closing in New Bedford. Uh, we, we got 30 full-time jobs out of this wind supply, and we're losing probably 10,000 jobs around the fishing industry. Well, so well wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> so this, 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 we're speaking about misinformation, and we have to be careful what we say. Um, it yeah. def it's definitely true that the number of jobs associated with the wind industry, especially local jobs, has been vastly exaggerated. But what you Absolutely. just said, that 10,000 jobs have been lost in the fishing industry in New Bedford is also vastly exaggerated. I don't know anybody that's, that's, that's giving out well, that, a number that could, like that. That could, that could take us off of the subject. <laughs> the subject here, basically, Jack, is brick by brick, the city of New Bedford is being dismantled, and the people that are dismantling it are councilors, mayor, state delegation, governor. Nobody wants to hold any of these people responsible for what they're doing to our city. You are a great caller, and you're very animated, and I agree with you that the city council is legislative delegation and mayor, particularly in the Star Store recently, but other issues too, have, have let us down. But, but, and, and I, they're asking for our vote, Jack. 
Yes, they are asking for our votes. And not only that, but very few people run against them. You know, they have, they've been in so long, had the opportunity to do so many favors, raise so much money. But I, I, I will say that I think that the, the picture that you're painting of New Bedford is a lot bleaker than, than, than I see. I see a city that has made a lot of comeback in the last um, well, 10 yeah, years. But Jack, well, Jack, but all you've talked about the first part of the show was the dismantling. How can you say that everything is great, but yet we're dismantling? That's not so, Jack. Well, I think I think you can have two things that appear to be in conflict at the same time that have some truth to them. But I got to go to a commercial break now. Well, you're a great caller, you. and you're giving me a run for my money. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. You too. We'll be back with the callers that are on the line when we come back from the commercial break. Aretha Franklin in the morning um, talking about respect. Uh, that last caller was giving me a, a hard time. Uh, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I think appropriately so. I've, I've, I've talked about the problems in the city recently, but I've also talked about how I think the city has made a lot of progress. I think both can be true, and uh, but he's a good caller to give me a, a hard time. And we have more callers in the line, so let's go to them. You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Morning, Jack. Morning. John, how are you? Yes, good. How are you? Good to hear from you. Good. Um, Give me a hard time, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's too early. I haven't had my coffee yet. But okay. clean energy, clean energy, right? That's what we're talking about. Yep. Wind industry and everything. 20 to 70, 20 to 70 tons of fuel can be burned. To 400 tons of fuel can be burned. Following me so far? Yep. Per day for those cargo ships to bring those wind turbines to New Bedford. Now, we're talking about clean energy here, Jack. Right? We're talking about the future. But we're still burning diesel and coal, okay, and gasoline and everything that we're trying to switch from to make this world cleaner for our kids and our grandkids in the future. You know, you, I... I I'm just I'm I'm confused, Jack, because you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name a political party that's for this new clean energy, but you know people want clean energy, but they they they're using diesel and they're using all these harmful chemicals, quote unquote harmful chemicals, to produce the clean energy. The oil that's in these turbines, the oil that's in the turbines to lubricate the gears and everything to, to spin these, these blades, uh, it's phenomenal. And, it's, and these, and these, these, these uh, wind turbines, they break down, Jack. Over time, they break down. And what happens to that oil when they break down? They leak into the, into the water, into our ecosystem. Okay, so, it's, 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 ahead, so, so you, put, you put a lot on the table, John. So let, let me uh, take them one, one at a time. Uh, so I think it's true. There's no doubt 
that the clean energy, whether it's wind or solar or uh, any other kind of geothermal energy that comes comes up, uh, takes some traditional uh, fossil fuel energy to make the transition. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that, that there is a component of that. What I would like to see is some comparative numbers as to relying solely on fossil fuels as we are now with the clean energy fuels. Because there's no doubt that you're right, that that there is some component of uh, fossil fuel and dirty energy. And there's also the storage question of what you do with the batteries and things like that afterwards. It's not a perfect equation, but really, John, nothing in life is. Um, the way we live our lives, you know, we, we may do this or that. We know it's not perfect. You know, we don't eat perfectly. We try to eat as well as we could. I think to do nothing when the scientists are telling us that, you know, we have climate change being due to fossil fuel burning to do nothing and say, well, it's not proven 100%. Well, there's no alternative that's 100% clean. I think it would be foolish. We, try to, we have to try to do the best we can. That's what I say. I'll give you an example, okay? Uh, WBSM airs a, a commercial every once in a while about this kid talking about how he wants to change the trucking industry to 100% uh, no emissions, Okay. And he's like, I won't sleep until I do that. Well, guess what, buddy? Okay, you can produce a truck. If you can produce a truck that can that can haul, now legally, 103,000 pounds, if you have an overweight in Massachusetts, overweight permit, um, you can haul up to 103,000 pounds. Okay? Uh, you can produce a truck that can haul that without me going to charge my battery every you know hour and a half to two hours. Bring it on, because it ain't going to happen. But the question is, is the charging of the battery more burning of fossil fuel than just powering your truck entirely by fossil is. fuel? Of course it is. It's a, they don't realize, okay, I laugh because I've seen a few of these, you know, uh, clean energy, um, you know, uh, whatever, um, oh, God, uh, meetings or whatever. Uh, these, big, um, these big meetings, you know, like they're talking about clean energy and everything else. What's powering this meeting? That's being taken, you know, like, the, I don't want to say the meetings, but they're like, um, they get togethers, you know, like with all these big political people, you know, and um, help me out here, Jack. What am I thinking of? Uh, I don't know. Gatherings. Some... They're like gatherings. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, or whatever. They're talking about uh, conventions. I'm sorry, conventions. Yep. Like clean energy conventions, you know, where you get all these big political names and, you know, they have all these big, big. And everybody flies in on their private jets. Everything and, flies and, uh, in. Exactly. And they drive up in their big. Right. SUVs. Right. But, but again, it just goes back to you got a problem. You're going to do nothing. You, know, you have a problem and you have a shortfall of the income coming into your household. And you say, well, there's no job I can get that's going to really bring me enough money. So I'm not going to work at all. No, it's not a perfect solution, but you've got to do something. Listen, John, I love talking to you in the morning. I hope you'll continue to call when I'm feeling in, but I got to go to a commercial break now. All right, Jack. I'll okay, we'll, we'll talk to you. <clears throat> All right, we're back. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, sitting in for Tim Weisberg, who's a uh, little bit under the weather with a kidney stone, but uh, he'll be back soon. And we'll be back after the 7 o'clock news. Uh, Adam Bass will be coming up and the national news will be coming up. We've been talking about climate change this morning. Some of you folks have been giving me a hard time. 